folks, welcome to Builders Problem Solved this Wednesday evening at just a little after 8 p.m. I had everything organised, I've got my notes, got my questions, all of that sort of stuff, got the recording all working, I was just waiting for it to tick over 8 o'clock playing a little bit of acoustic guitar and got wrapped up in the tune and thought, oh, hang on a minute, it's 8 o'clock, I better get going. So here we are. Get the uh, the good old machine happening so I can uh, see who's watching and any questions and whatever you might have. Now, I've got questions here that have been sent to me uh, via various forms. Uh, so I'm going to be covering those this evening, or hopefully I'm, I may not get to them all. But uh, would just like to give you the opportunity to ask any questions as we go along in relation to any of the answers that I'm giving because um, the last thing I want <laughs> the last thing I want to do is create more questions than answers. So uh, that's up to you. Ask ask the questions if I'm not making sense. So as you're well aware, if you've watched Builders Problem Solved previously. This is a slightly different format these days. The last uh, month or thereabouts, we've kind of switched to a, a direct Q&A um, format, whereas previously we used to get on an expert, and we, and we still will. We'll still look for uh, experts and uh, gurus in their specific areas and bring them on the show. Um, but I, I just felt that it was really going to give people um, specific answers uh, so they could implement it straight away. So, you know, I know we always used to get great feedback from the people that we interviewed, um, but I want to really zone in on, uh, zero in on the specific issues you guys out in Builders Inner Circle have. Now, um, the common thread between all of the questions that I've been asked to cover this evening is that none of them have a quick fix. Uh, and we're kind of wired uh, to to want to get a, a quick solution, an instant solution. Uh, I've got pain. You're the expert. Tell me how to stop it. Um, there's a problem. You're the expert. Uh, tell me how to solve it. And... Sometimes we can't. Often we've just got to learn the lesson from the current pain, from the current problem. We've got to implement it into a process or a procedure or a system. Uh, and, or we might need to develop the skills that we don't have, which is which is allowing this problem to happen. Um, so the whole idea is to, to learn from it, put it into some form of process, Increase our skills so it doesn't happen again in the future. Uh, with, did I say M, Cara, Adrian, Stevie O are watching? So good evening, folks. So let me get started. Uh, we've got a question here. Started listening to Profit First. So they've, they've got the audio version of Profit First. Well done. Um, and they go on to say, I like the concept. And this is such a common response to this. Uh, in fact, I used to get this 
question back in the early 90s when I used to share with people the idea of the um, richest man in Babylon, if you've ever read that. Um, and that was just a really simplified version of Profit First. It was just a 10% of everything you earn is yours to keep was the principle behind that. Says, anyway, I like the concept. I just can't see how I can start putting away profit when I'm struggling to pay for everything now. And so that that same question used to be asked however many years ago that is now, sort of 20-odd, uh, <laughs> 25 years ago or something like that, um, back when, when I was talking to people about the richest man in Babylon. Uh, I, I can't pay all of the bills now. How can I put 10% away? Used to be the, the question. In this case... When, when you understand fully the, the profit-first system, um, it, it simply suggests that you begin with 1%, and it's not even 1% of your total uh, revenue, of your total sales, if you like. It's 1% of what's called real revenue and how you uh, identify your real revenue, and I think this is really, really important as well, is measuring your real revenue rather than your top line or total revenue. How you arrive at real revenue is that you deduct the um, the costs for materials and the costs for subcontractors. So if you've got a million dollars revenue and you've got $700,000 in material costs and uh, paying subcontractor costs, then the real revenue is $300,000. And the profit percentage needs to be taken from that um, real revenue. But the whole idea is that um, we've... We've got to start somewhere, and that somewhere is with 1%. And uh, so if, if you're uh, um, getting a, a progress payment, you can figure out what the, uh, the, the, the costs are that you need to take out of that from the uh, perspective of, of what needs to come out to pay for subcontractor costs out of that progress payment and materials out of that progress payment from this point to this point in the project. And the bit that's left over is the bit that you take the, the, the profit from. So it's not a lot of money in the beginning. If, uh, if you're, if you're um, struggling to pay the bills now, fundamentally there, there isn't a lot of um, fat there for you to be taking in profits. So uh, it's always going to be just a small amount of money. But... I stand by and I try to get everybody to understand that the profit first uh, system. Good evening, Susan and Wayno. So Susan says, finally a live one this week <laughs> rather than watching the replay. I'm glad you could make it. Um, the, it it's, it's really a mental and emotional system. Uh, and I don't find that the generally accepted accounting practices really affect many people emotionally. M many people don't understand them, and then the people who do understand them, they don't get too terribly excited. But when you use the profit first instant assessment, you can uh, you can feel very sick in the stomach. Um, 
in one scenario and then when you start to get your act together with it, you can, you can start to feel very confident and on top of things. But it's a very common issue where people go, I can't pay the bills now, so how can I put money aside? Uh, and as I say, it's, it's a very small amount in the beginning. And if you don't start doing it, you'll never, ever start. If you wait until it's comfortable to put money aside, you'll never start. And I really believe that this profit first system, it's important to grow a pair and start doing this and stand up to the the, the the circumstances that you have created because of poor financial decision-making in the past. That means that most of you who are in um, f- financial straits, who, who are challenged financially, you have been living above your means. You've been making poor decisions in the past. That stops when you start using profit first. Um, you, you start to look at cutting expenses, you start to look at ways of increasing prices and therefore delivering more value so you can comfortably charge more. And and taking that two-pronged approach increases your uh, profitability. But we, we really need to start at the, the cutting expenses. And how that works is if you take your profit first and you take out the tax component and I would suggest that what you need to take away and put aside is GST is PAYG and I would put superannuation in that as well because that's not your money never was it needs to be taken out of the pot and so how the whole profit first system works is if it, traditionally we're peering into a bucket of money which is our expense account and based on the timing, meaning let's assume that you got a nice um, healthy progress payment this morning and you're looking in the bank account uh, and you go, hmm, you know, and it builds your confidence. You, you uh, When there's a, there's a big chunk of change in there, it builds your confidence. So if you just happen to be thinking about, gee, we really need to replace the ute, we need a new Ranger or we need a new uh, uh, a Nissan or, or some sort of vehicle, um, when there's a lot of money in that bank account, it bolsters your confidence and you might make a decision. The trouble is you you may look at that same bank account two days later after all of these bills have been paid and it's incredibly depressing and you're looking in there and if you were trying to figure out whether you could afford that new car on that day, uh, you will probably say, no, far from it, we, we can't go anywhere near that. But unfortunately... Uh, sometimes we have bad timing and we look at it when there's a lot of money in there. We make a decision because we're confident, but then when the shit hits the fan financially, guess who still puts their hand out for the money? And that's the lease company or the bank or whoever that uh, you've borrowed the money to pay for this vehicle. They want the money no matter what. So the best thing about Profit First is by taking away profit and sanctioning it, build a big wall around it with armed guards and angry dogs, and you do the same thing with your tax money, all of that money comes out of that pot that you traditionally look in. So um, consistently there will be a lot less money in the, the pot, and it changes your level of confidence and it changes 
your decisions and you will emotionally want to make better quality decisions um, that are that are more financially intelligent based on the, the lack of money available. Now, Profit First was written by Mike McCallowitz. He, he wrote another book, uh, two books prior to Profit First, um, and it was, it's called The Toilet Paper Entrepreneur. Mike is a very funny guy. I love listening to his books, and that is one that I can recommend that you can listen to uh, because – uh, profit first in the middle of it. There's all these figures going around, and I just had to stop listening and 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 start reading it to to work out the figures that he was talking about. But the toilet paper entrepreneur is a great book to listen to, and what its fundamental message is is that when when our backs to the wall, when when we have to try and find a way, we more than often do, and he. It's all about Parkinson's law with profit first. If 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 there is money in the bank, I guarantee you expenses expand to suck up all of that money. So if you take your profit away, if you take your tax and super and payg away, um, and and other bits of dough that aren't yours, and you then have to manage your business on what's left you'll make very, very different decisions. And there's, there's comments coming through all of the time. Lee said, um, uh, I, I think she says, like the BMW. Yeah, when when they started Profit First, she, she said, uh, does that mean I have to sell the BMW? And I said, well, it's entirely up to you. But uh, what does Profit First say? And to their credit, they, they got rid of the BMW and they got rid of a bunch of things. And, and now things are looking much, much, much better financially because they took a hit to the ego. They, they had the guts to take a, a hit to the ego uh, and they made the right decisions. And now they're very, very prudent and they stick to Profit First um, in a very disciplined way. Um, Susan has got a comment in there as well, but for some reason on my iPad, when I go to read the comment, I click on the see more and it just brings up my options to like or put a smiley emoji on your comment. I can't see the rest of it, but, uh, uh, what if I do this? No, that doesn't make any difference either. Anyway, um, Emma says uh, her, her profit first allocation days are her favourite days of the month. She loves the feeling of having control. Absolutely. Um, and and so here's the thing to, to sort of wrap this up and answer this question. You are struggling to pay now because of past uh, errors in judgment financially. That needs to stop. You need to stand up and face the challenges now, and I think this is the most important part of it because what happens if, if you've got access to your tax money or your profit money and someone's knocking on your door and saying, hey, dude, you owe me money, you know, and they're getting a bit snarly about it, it, it that's painful for you. And if you've got access to money, and it might be the money that's put away for the bass, and, and, and you've got access to it, what will often happen is you will – quote, unquote, borrow, because Bass isn't quite due yet, that money to get that person off your back. That is stealing. 
taking money out of the profit account or or the tax account to pay a bill is stealing, particularly the, the, the tax one. And in fact, our profit first professional, Angus, suggests that what we do is don't even put the money in the tax account. Whenever you do a distribution, you send it straight to the tax department and you send the superannuation to the superannuation clearance house or however you do it, but you give it to the appropriate authorities rather than storing it and waiting for BAS time because... Um, let's assume that you need some money to pay a bill and you've already paid it to the tax department. What would they say if you called them and said, hey, can I have that money back? I need it to pay for a car payment or a supplier's bill. Uh, they're probably not going to give it to you, I would suggest. And so it's a great way of stopping yourself from doing that. And what you need to do is have the conversation with the person that you owe money to and put a plan together and deal with that pain. Experience the pain because what happens when you choose to do it this way is I guarantee you you'll stop letting it happen again in the future. So it's a super important part of the process is just to get started. So I hope that answers your question, Hugh. Uh, I thought Hugh was here earlier, but it says that Hugh is watching, uh, Andrea and uh, Kim. hope everything's going well up there in family land, Kim. Got some great photos of the bub on our Facebook page. It's our second Builder's Business Black Belt Baby. There's two of them now. And our first one just turned one uh, last week. The Broadster. Um, second question. Now, this this question uh, came from Mark, and um, it actually came from a different Facebook group. We've, we've uh, only just... Uh, this week launched a uh, another program and the, the, the idea of that program is that it's kind of a stepping stone between doing nothing and being in a position to join Builders Business Black Belt. Uh, and we just felt that there were so many people in Builders Inner Circle that um, really, really wanted to learn more and 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 uh, improve their business, and they loved the sort of stuff we were putting out there, uh, and wanted more, but they just weren't ready either financially uh, or emotionally. You know, they just weren't confident enough to take that step and and apply for black belt. So we've created a, another stepping stone program, and uh, one of the 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 people who are is in that program, asked a question uh, the other day and basically said, how do you keep clients motivated um, and stop them dragging their feet? Uh, this must be a specific instance from, from Mark. He said, they get stuck on a choice and you overhear them say to each other, let's not rush, let's take our time. And he said, is the answer in the contract? So what's happening is... Um, you're on a schedule uh, and they, the, the customer needs to make a choice and they don't feel like they, they should rush and, and make the right, uh, wrong decision, but they're holding up the process. Uh, and Mark said, you know, is the answer in the contract? Well, yes and no, but not really. Um, and my, my answer was a little you know, brief because it was a typed out answer when I tried to help Mark with this. So I thought I'd uh, expand on it a little bit tonight. 
the answer really is, and again, this is one of those questions where there isn't a quick fix for this specific issue, for these people who are dragging the chain, because um, the horse is bolted to a certain extent. I believe that the, the secret is in um, the uh, qualification process you, you establish in the business. So in Builders Business Black Belt, we teach all our members to implement a qualification process. And the purpose, the number one purpose of the qualification process is to educate your prospect on how better to behave so they get significantly more value from the, from the project and they get a really powerfully positive experience, memorable experience from the, the, the process. And so the qualification process, uh, strategy or, or process is designed to educate primarily. It's also got behavioural hurdles in it, which means that um, when we work out who you don't want on your in your business, and we put these little uh, requests in the process, you know, would you mind filling out a questionnaire? Uh, can we answer these specific you know questions here, there, and everywhere through the process? And the person won't jump over that hurdle. We kind of know they're they're the not they're not the right fit for us, so we'll show them the door and and not waste any more time. But they've fundamentally qualified themselves out through their behaviour and their choices. So the qualification process is is it's got a bunch of these behavioural hurdles in in the process. But in front of each hurdle, if you could imagine, there's like a a step. So it makes it easier to jump over that hurdle. And that step is education. And there are some people who just don't give a toss. They just want what they want. And they're probably not the people that you should be having in your business. And it wouldn't doesn't matter what sort of education and what sort of proof that you can put in front of them that it will be significantly better doing it this way and, uh, you know, following your step-by-step process. They just don't want to do that. They want to do it their way. That is just fraught with danger, and that's the whole idea of the qualified process, to prevent that from happening. And so the the education, the step before the hurdle, um, is is where you start to talk about and, and have them understand how important it is for each of us to understand each other's expectations and responsibilities. And if you, the builder, don't follow and live up to your responsibilities, you've got to take responsibility for that and it may cost you if you create the delays, um, you know, through poor organisation, not, not necessarily through weather or anything like that. But the same thing needs to happen with the customer. They need to understand that there is a penalty for them if they drag the chain. And this all needs to be spoken about and agreed upon before you even put a proposal together. Okay, this needs to be done through the qualified process. And really the last part of the qualified process is them scribbling you out a small check for um, uh, getting a proposal put together. And you don't even get to that stage if you're not in agreement with uh, when when they 
it, it comes time for them to deliver this, they need to deliver it in a, in a timely fashion. Uh, and you can put steps in place to remind them um, and they, they need to understand the penalty uh, or the pain or the cost that they incur for not being prepared, not being organised and not making a decision. And it's not about blame and it's not about pointing fingers or anything like that. It's about saying, hey, I'm committed to giving you the best outcome with the best possible experience throughout this project I can. The only way I can do that is is if we work together as a team. And that means I've got to play my role, uh, you've got to play your role. Let's unpack what those roles, expectations and responsibilities are. And that needs to be put into your qualification process. So I hope that uh, answers that question, Mark. Uh, if, it, if it doesn't clarify it enough, as I mentioned to you, um, the answers are on the way a little further into this this program a few weeks away and we'll, we'll be talking about the specifics of how to put a qualification process together. Uh, another question. Um, and this one was Hugh. Hugh put this question in today. Um, it was kind of a question slash statement and it came from, you know, what, I can't remember the the specific question that was asked in Builders in a Circle, but it was along the lines of, you know, what's what's one sort of pain in the ass problem that you wish would go away? Um, and uh, Hugh put something along the lines of, and this isn't verbatim, but uh, it was all about how to avoid banks stuffing you around when it comes to paying a claim. Um, I think I remember having a conversation with Cara about this some time ago as well. And again, as I said, all three of these questions that I'm going to get to because we're just about finished, I've only got a few minutes to answer this. Um, All of these questions tonight don't have a quick fix. if, If you're in the middle of a project and the bank is dragging the chain, very little you can do about it. Um, and really the only solution that I have that I can suggest with this all goes back to your attract strategy. And believe it or not, there are people out there um, and enough for all of you to make decent businesses out of working for the people that don't need to rely on banks. They may be using the bank in some manner, but they, they're not reliant on it and and they don't have a, a relationship where the bank is calling the shots. Um, so you need to f- be able to attract that type of person that has the type of projects that are ideal for your business that doesn't need to deal with the banks. And basically what I'm saying is it is a preventative strategy, not a cure. A lot of people ask questions in Builders in a Circle, uh, and the question really is, what's the cure? Uh, and sometimes there is there is an answer, but more times than not, there isn't a cure answer. It is a 
preventative answer. I know that we can often give you things to mitigate the amount of damage or the amount of pain or the amount of um, issues that that you can experience through some challenges. But fundamentally, as I said right at the start, the challenge is to learn from it, learn from the current pain, be able to figure out how to put it into a process, a procedure, a system, and have a preventative approach so this sort of thing never happens again. So what I'm suggesting to you and anyone else who has this challenge where the banks get in the way is, and and this is a, a slow burn, like this may take 12 to 18 months before you start to get any sort of real traction in this space, but you need to start to get into the psyche of that different type of uh, prospect, the, the one that doesn't need to deal with the bank. So they, they're going to have a different level or different, they're going to have different thinking. They're going to have different priorities. Their, their fears, their frustrations, their wants and aspirations are going to be very, very different from someone who is, you know, perhaps out of their first home and, and, uh, expanding and want to build their bigger home and they're, they're, they've got to expand their mortgage and all that sort of stuff and they're beholden to the bank, they're going to have a different mindset than somebody who has been there, done that, bought the T-shirt with homes in the past and doesn't really need to rely on the banks. They're going to be a lot more confident. Uh, they're going to have a lot different expectations of you um, as a builder they're going to expect different style of communication. They're going to expect a different level of service and understanding um, and attention to detail and all of those sorts of things. It's very, very different. So you need to study those sort of people and then you look at your attract strategy and you start to put content out in places where those type of people will start to see your content and you'll start to attract them because you're speaking their language and uh, you're addressing their fears, frustrations and concerns and so on. So I hope that's been valuable. Uh, I'm, I'm quite happy that I got through all of those questions. I hope that I've answered them to uh, some degree of satisfaction for the people who asked the questions. Um Next week, same format, we're going to be uh, uh, working on specific questions asked by real Builders Inner Circle members. So if you've got a specific question that you would like to have addressed, something that um, you would like to take advantage of from an opportunity that's presenting itself or something that is a constant problem that you just can't seem to overcome, please ask the question. You can get the questions to me via uh, here. You can you can just post them in Builders Problem Solved as a post. Um, you can put, uh, uh, private message me. You can find me on Facebook and just use Facebook Messenger and message the uh, question through. Um, Builders Business Black Belt. I don't know why I need to mention that, but you know, you, you can if you if you're uh, on Facebook, you can just do it through Builders in a Circle, um, and it just gives me the opportunity to answer your question in far more depth in this format than if you were to ask me and I were to sort of reply with a text response through Facebook. So um, I hope that will be valuable for you. So 
certainly jump on in, ask as many questions as you can or as you need or as you feel, and uh, I'll do my very best to answer them. So thank you very much, folks, for, uh, for joining me on this Builders Problems Solved. We'll be back again next Wednesday at uh, 8 p.m., and uh, I look forward to you joining me there and uh, me seeing if I can help you out answering some of these super important questions for you. So that is it for Builders Business Black Belt, Builders Problems Solved. I'm Mick Hawes. Bye for now. (laughs) 